boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. As we inch closer and closer to a one-year anniversary of the Total B-She Show, we're back to the way we used to do things, a two-man uh, broadcast booth or studio, if you will. Yes. Mecca Shane is not here. He lost his voice screaming very, very loudly at AEW. We're one day past, so that means it's Thursday, even though you're hearing this on Monday. And we decided we were going to just change speeds and talk about our observations from Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite, their second show ever in Canada. Um, and I think by all accounts, they considered it a highly successful show. And uh, producer Chris, you had the vantage point of sitting somewhere other than me, so we didn't discuss it yet. Yeah, I was in the lower bowl. No, uh, I, was, I had a better view. Yeah, I had very good, very good seats. Uh, very, very happy with where we were sitting. Could see everything. Lots of good pictures. Uh, I enjoyed the show immensely. I heard they actually asked Mecca to leave. He's being so loud. They're no, like, you got you, that's enough. No, he bought. A, I think he might have bought enough merch that they want him to go to the next show. He must have bought all the merch because there was none after the first. Isn't match. that amazing? I got something to say right off the get go. It's a loaded dart, if you will. They didn't bring much merch, so I heard that too. Like I thought before before you throw your dart, this is what I'd heard the scuttlebutt because I was like, they're sold out after the first match. There was one large uh, acclaim shirt yeah. left, and that was it. And I sent you that picture, I believe, yeah. and it was. No small, no medium, no extra large. They had one large left. Yeah, you're not up to speed with what they do at their shows. So tell me. Okay, so uh, I heard okay. from guys from Milwaukee who've been to 10 different AEW events that if you don't get in an hour, a half an hour, as soon as the door opens, the lineup is huge. Yeah. And, they, and the people buy merch like crazy. And apparently the lineups for merch were astronomical. Yeah, I believe it. And that's why they sell out because they they don't load up. You're right. They don't load up a ton, but keep the demand high, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, sell it out. And then after the first match, all those people that didn't get a shirt there then have to go online to buy it. The building takes a percentage as a commission. That also is a bit of a problem, right? Because the company doesn't get full pop. Well, that's smart business then because they're going to drive those people that had a great time at the show and wanted a shirt. They're going to drive them to shopaew.com yeah. to buy cre it. Create demand. Yeah. Always keep your supply uh, fixed and then the demand will stay high. Uh, but you know what was weird? They sell out all their merchandise. Not one wrestler worked the merch table. <laughs> not one wrestler was there shilling his own merch. No, I definitely did not see MGF. Oh, but the locals say I'm out of touch when I say you can't work your own merch table. Use the hawker system. If you're truly over, you don't need to work your own merch table. Now, what that does, as we saw in Winnipeg, a very proven system in Winnipeg. Last Tuesday afternoon... Our friends, Curtis Housen at First Row uh, Collectibles and his partner, Matt per Perlman. Perlman, yes. Yep. They had 60 people lined up in the middle of the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, to see Ethan Page. And then Dan Housen didn't make it, but they did a great job of telling the world Dan Housen wasn't going to be yeah. there. And they replaced him with the guns. Yeah, the gun club. It was That was such a great, I mean, replacement. And so what ends up happening is... Again, now you've created the 
the demand because those guys don't work their own merch table. So then they can do signings. Yeah, and make it a revenue driver that way. Now, I'm not saying local wrestler A is going to be popular enough to have his own signing, but local promoter AB a, <laughs> can then say, okay, to my sponsors, you're going you're gonna to sponsor Autograph Alley. And instead of it being every single wrestler on the crew and it's a matter of routine, it becomes special. This week's Autograph Alley is so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm preaching to the converted, well, except that they won't convert. <laughs> the guy who says I'm out of touch, and I'm going to harp on this tonight, the guy who says I'm out of touch wants it to stay 2013. The system wasn't broken 2013, he thinks. Well, let me tell you. So he says, Mike Davidson's out of touch, except Mike Davidson did, didn't stop being involved in entertainment. He stopped being involved with local wrestling. I went on from local wrestling. Sorry, I'm off course here. That's no, okay. I went from local wrestling to doing something with UFC where we gave away a once-in-a-lifetime contest to sit with Matt Hughes in 2013 in, in Matt Hughes, with Matt Hughes in Dana White's section, a ticket you could never buy. You were sitting with Robert Hershevik from Dragon's Den, and you had to win a contest to do it. I promoted that. That's bigger than anything I ever promoted in local wrestling. I went from promoting local wrestling to promoting a Big Brother television party where where stars from the show came into Winnipeg, that was a hotter ticket than anything I ever sold in independent wrestling. And then, let's not ignore the fact, I also went one step further and joined a CFL, a professional sports franchise, and I was on the field in 2021 when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup. So I'm out of touch. I don't understand the value of ticket or how to create value for spectators so that they that they always feel like this is a professional production. No, sir, I am not out of touch. It's that you want it to be 2013 because routine works for you and you want to be able to bump in every ring and you want to be able to sell your merch because you're the that way you get to beg people to give you money. It's like why don't you go panhandle if you if you're that important for money? Do not sell your own merch because it requires you to say if you like me you'll buy from me well a, c a couple things there that could work for heels it should not work for baby faces yeah that's exactly what i was going to say absolutely and i mean i i want to i want to circle back to you getting out of out of the local local business was that do you think that was due at all to any sort of politics uh or no. any sort it was of due to jeff dick getting shut down by cra but, but you didn't you you weren't burnt out by the by the local attitude. Are you no no like no because the local attitude doesn't affect me. It just meant that we booked around where it came up. Right, right. So local attitude didn't get to me. In, in all reality, in 2010, we raised the bar so high that we disrupted the local scene. Okay, so that's all good and fine. Call me a disruptor, perhaps. It wasn't intentional. We didn't say, hey, we're going to disrupt the local scene. We just said, hey, we were tasked with go create a television product. We got at it, and we were able to be real good at it. It cost a lot of money, but it was within the budget that I outlined we, it would cost us. Okay? So why I talk like this at the beginning of the show is because AEW reinforced some of the things I say. Like, hey, guys, you don't need to work your own merch table. That's a big one. 
hey, the other thing that people like to say to me, they like to take their little posture. Oh, look at AEW, AEW's marketing. They have 13 guys on their graphic. 13 exclusive guys. Kind of helps, doesn't it? Yeah, that makes a difference. If you're going to be local and you're not going to be exclusive, hey, promoter, don't market the guys who aren't exclusive. Market your big name import because that's what's going to sell the tickets. Because the because the locals who don't work exclusively aren't going to sell you the tickets first because, hey, they could work ABC show tonight. They could work C uh, D E F tomorrow. And they could work WXYZ on Friday. You can't do it, but they don't get it. And that's all good. Don't call me out of touch because I'll take you to task on it. You want it to be 2013 forever. You think I'm stuck in 2010, except why in the world did my career continue to evolve? And you're still a local wrestler and there's nothing wrong with that. Except for local wrestling to be taken seriously, you got to take it up a notch. And right now, local wrestling is hot. Part part of that, and we've debated it, yep. was the success of WWE going into WrestleMania. Every year, every independent company is hotter from January until April because Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. That's the See, big season. WWE has the thumbprint on making that happen. This year in Winnipeg, AEW has created a fever. Now, Boy, you said you were going to be calm today. I am calm. You came in here and you, oh, I'm going to be calm. I feel like I'm calm. Uh, no, it feels like you're getting uh, hotter than no, the collar. No, I'm making about. my points passionate. Passion- okay, that's what's happening. So <laughs> okay. he, let's get to the actual show. I walked into, sh- we be she's at the she's please. Shark Club started at 4.30. Yep. I saw Bobby J. I saw TJ Bratt, Shane Madison. TJ Bratt and Shane Madison were two feet apart. They exchanged pleasantries. It was beautiful. Wow. Did they shake hands? Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and there was Whiplash from Milwaukee. There was Axe, who was very good in hooking us up with tickets. Yes. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I owe the man big. Uh, or the big man. Yeah, <laughs> I owe him. Anyway, <laughs> Scott Carnegie came down. Um Liam Phillips was down there with us. It was a good time. It was a bunch of guys. Bobby J was down there. Dave Patricia, Dave Petra was down there. A whole bunch of guys who were excited for the show and excited to see each other. It was a great time to have a, cup, a beer or two before guys like Shane Madison had to get in line up for merchandise because it sells out fast. Yeah. There's a huge demand. The excitement in the air was palpable. All week I had gotten a lot of scoops. I, I had heard that Saskatchewan was getting dynamite and turns out yeah. Saskatoon's getting Dynamite. Regina's getting Rampage. That's right. And for some reason, Calgary is getting a house show. Yeah, I, I saw the, all those those announcements, and especially the, the Regina and the Saskatoon one, because you might remember last week I said, why not Saskatoon for Dynamite? And you guys are more like, I think, Regina, because it made sense, actually. The way you guys said, you know, right, Regina, you're right on that trap line all yeah. the way out to Calgary. They did what I kind of thought. They went to Saskatoon. I didn't think... I thought they might get dynamite in both cities. I didn't think I didn't think for a second they would do dynamite in Saskatoon and Rampage in Regina. Saskatoon's a bigger building. Yeah, well, it's a bigger town. They yeah. are gonna, but I, they're gonna benefit from having TV different because, okay, so that's a what great we saw arena. last night was that Rampage show is flat. Yeah, flat, flat. They don't book anything to make it not flat. It was booked to be flat. Yeah. So you had uh, the main event of Dyna- Dynamite put Jericho and Omega against each other in the ring. Again, Tony Khan, I appreciate all that you do good. You've lit the Winnipeg market on fire. You've given us another t- alternative to WWE. You've got TSN. You've got a good pro product. You've got a good roster. You are a terrible booker because in Winnipeg, you could have had that crowd on fire for 
three or four segments of your dynamite yeah. of your dynamite show as opposed to two. Now John Moxley and Adam Page were flat. They did not get over. Uh, Winnipeg didn't really care about John Moxley. Adam Page, nobody cared about. They cared about Moxley more than Page, but... Jeff Jarrett was over more exactly, than Exactly, I was going to say, yeah. that Orange Cassidy-Jeff Jarrett match. Now, you were a little mistaken. Jeff Jarrett did not win the no, title. I, th- I thought he would have. I, I, disagree, yeah. I disagreed with that move, but whatever. You know what? I'm there was the nothing bunker. to disagree with because yeah. it's the right move to not put somebody in the office over for a singles title right now. And I didn't think Winnipeg was going to get any kind of title flip because... It just, they didn't need it. Winnipeg, like, and honestly, you're going to cut Orange Cassidy's balls off if you take the title off him right now. Let him stay. Let him let him continue to go. And he, as an underdog, that was a great match. It was probably the second most over segment on the show. Um, I, I just felt it was a reversal of roles. Yeah, in, but in, okay. In that. In total fairness to you, Jeff though, Jarrett was in yeah. more... He was in jeopardy. In total fairness to you, though, it, and I don't, I don't like. I'm trying to put this into perspective. Yes, for sure. There's no history from you as a booker that could say, "Hey, it was the right time." Hey, they needed to do this, right? Right. There was, from my perspective, there's no. It's an international title. That means you're going to have Pac wrestle for it. Orange Cassidy might lose at some point. You want it to be guys that have an international flavor to it. Jeff Jarrett is a Southern as they come. Now I could see Jeff Jarrett going after the TNT title or the TBS title, whatever they call the secondary, the, the TV title, whatever. The TNT title. Or was yeah, TNT and now TBS? It, I don't know what it, it is. TBS is uh, the, the women's. women's. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's confused me by naming yeah. it after the networks. Um, and I could see Jeff Jarrett having a run where he kind of gets a, a, a little bit of a rub for the, for the heavyweight title. MGF segment, the bar mitzvah that kicked off the show was extremely, like it was, the crowd was hot. I wasn't into it. Well, it's also bad booking because here you, you need your heavyweight champion. They're going to use the MJF to make the guys underneath. Is that leading to the pay-per-view? Are they, is it going to be a four-way f- or w- what was it? I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. I don't know what happened. Like it felt like very hodgepodge and the cake thing is so overdone. Like the second you bring out a cake, everybody knows what's happening. Doesn't like, matter. That doesn't. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It didn't. It doesn't work, in my opinion. It the people work. were hot for it. I don't know how it showed up on TV. They were. Yeah, I haven't. Wa- I haven't rewatched yet, so I can't. I can't say if the people were into it. It just felt like in the building. It felt like it could have been bigger. I felt like it could have been hotter. Okay. Well, here's what I saw. The the Tell crowd me. in the building was hot for it because MJF is that over. Oh yeah. Now I think they could have could have been more over. Is what I'm saying. But. We don't know what they're trying to get across on TV because we couldn't hear the commentary. Yeah. So my thought is, if they're leading to a four-way for the title, like I thought they were setting up a main event match between MJF and the other three yeah. on the show, and that would have worked because it's a small little, like a mini mini angle, and MJF keeps the belt, but he makes the three guys underneath them a little bit better. Yeah. If they go to pay-per-view with that, Darby may, maybe gets a little stronger. I don't think Sammy gets any stronger, and I guarantee you, Jungle Boy doesn't doesn't fit. Doesn't none of it made sense to me. MJF was so over. There's so much more they could have done. They could have had um, Adam Cole come out, cut him off. Hey, I'm coming for your belt at the pay per view. They could have had Brian Danielson come out and say, just because you beat me doesn't mean you know I'm not coming back back for your belt. So a little disappointing there, but it was because Tony is his own worst enemy. 
And then he goes with a three-way trios match. Yeah. House of Black, who actually impressed me. Yeah, they were good. Against the Jerio, Jer- Jerio, <laughs> Jericho Appreciation Society. Society against the elite. If you don't know by now that Kenny Omega with the Bucks is not turning any business for any of the three of those. You need the Bucks as a tag team and you need Kenny as a singles worker. If you have not figured that out, I, there's no helping you. Uh, it, it didn't do anything for Jericho, even though they got to share the ring together in Winnipeg. No. Then figure out a way to get Kenny versus Jericho in a match singles. Yeah. Right? But whatever, why wouldn't you split them up so they get two really hot segments? It's like, you have to understand from a booking standpoint, you just heard me criticize the, well, not criticize, but at point out, yeah, you yeah. had no experience as a booker to know when, why there might not have been a title change from Jeff Jarrett and Orange Cassidy. As me as a booker, I'm looking at this going, God, I'm going to start with MJF, get a real hot opening segment. I'm going to go in the end of the first hour with, with Jericho and the end of the second hour with Omega. I got a very, very, very hot show there. But they missed the boat. Yeah. But it worked. The crowd was hot. I don't know how it played on TV. Here's some other things I saw. Let's talk dark matches. Yes, absolutely. Everyone thinks I'm going to rip Adam Knight a new one. Everyone thinks I'm going to rip Tony Khan a new one because why? But Tony Khan does not know that Adam Knight slapped no. a fan. No. Nobody at AEW does know that. Probably not, no. Adam Knight is a coward. And I don't say that in the Wayne Stanton term. Oh, well, I, thought, I thought this was going to be a... After he slapped the fan in December, he decides to make this impassioned apology. He could make the argument that they touched him first. And I've heard from Adam Knight apologists who say, well, you're hard on Adam Knight. But I've heard from more people who, who appreciate that Adam Knight is not the nicest person. He's been a bully to people. He's been rude to fans for years, I'm told. I'm not the fan, so I don't know. I've heard from fans who said, yeah, Adam Knight was a dick to me. Nobody was happy to see Adam Knight get that spot except friends of Adam Knight. The same veterans who saw that video and said, where were the guardrails? Let me tell you something, Adam Knight, just to put it into perspective for you. You went and hid from the criticism after you slapped a fan. If you'd pulled that shit last night for AEW, if you'd walked up to the barricade, slapped a fan, the local security would have dragged you to the back well, actually, they wouldn't have. They would have thought it was a plant. When they re- when it was realized that it was real, yeah. security would have dragged you to the back, and Winnipeg Police Service would have nailed you with an assault charge. You can't assault people who bu- pay to come see you perform. Hopefully, you've learned that if you're going to start putting your face out there as a wrestler again. Now, people think, oh, the- see, we thought Mike was going to rip on Adam Knight. Adam Knight, you made a cheap apology in December after you did it. Then you went and hid but your ego said you had to take a spot away from a young guy. You and massive damage had matches on AEW. Your combined age, a total combined age is a hundred years old. What are you going to do if you get the contract? Now, let me be honest. There was no contracts no, to be had. Nobody was, they were not, they were not getting a look. It <laughs> they was very were clear. jobbers, which is fine. No, let me, let me finish. They were jobbers. They were booked in to put over contract talents. This was not a, hey, we're here. We're going to take a serious look at what, yeah. what the territory has to offer. That was not what this was. 
this was not a scouting mission to see what they could do. This was, we want some bodies to put over our contract talent. So when I see Adam Knight and Massive Damage pat themselves on the back, and I see some local guys who I know and like kind of hang their head and say, you know what, I feel bad I didn't get a look. It's not about getting a look. Then Massive Damage's look uh, consisted of Ethan Page ducked the clothesline. I think he kicked him. Uh, Massive took a bump right to the floor and did not do anything else. He was in he was in action for less than five seconds. Hey, pat yourself on the back. You got booked. There was a selection process. Now, what I like in this too is we all have that friend who gets cast as an extra in a movie. Oh, the Robin or uh, let's say oh the Woody Harrelson movie shooting in Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be an extra. And that friend who gets booked as an extra cast as an extra he tells everyone you know what actually somebody on set pulled me aside and they said you know you've got what it takes and uh, i'm going to put in a word for you and you're going to get cast in other movies and every extra actor i know always puts over that he's going to get a break they never seem to get a break now i know somebody who actually chased acting as a career his name's good time gord do you know what he did to try to chase his career he hired an acting coach and he went to lessons. Then he hired an agent. Then he consistent he consistently worked on his career as an actor nonstop for about four or five years. Yeah, long Maybe time. even more. I think longer even. He yeah. worked on self-tapes. He he looked at casting calls with his agent and said, I'm going to submit my tape as an audition. And he waited for calls callbacks that's what a true actor does that's not what an extra does an extra sees we're taking 300 people in winnipeg and they show up and because they get paid they think well i was in the movie i'm a star but that's not seeking a speaking role in a movie that's just being background is what it's called guess what that's what happened here so i don't want to see chad daniels or Bobby Shank, or guys that I really think are young and hungry, I don't want to see them miss a step thinking, God, why did, what did massive damage have in, in Winnipeg that I didn't have? It didn't have. It, it, it was a payoff. Yeah, exactly. And it hurt them because they had, these were less than four-minute matches. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to give four guys 10-minute matches and we want to see what they got and it's going to air. That's not what this was. Let's be honest about it. I'm not taking away. From, it was great to see Jason Geiger in a match. Yeah. I popped hard when I saw Donnie DiCaprio. I was excited when Nicole Matthews was a part of the taping. Yep. I liked Ava Lawless being a part of this. There were people who were under the age of 50 who were getting an opportunity, and I hoped it would lead to something. But let's put it into perspective. The Bollywood boys, who are former WWE stars, they were used to put over contract talent. It was yep. a short match. It wasn't about the Bollywood boys. So, Put it into perspective. Let's all give Adam Knight the pat on the back. Hope he doesn't slap our face when we do it. And if Sean Brown had managed to get to the second row, he was going to say, try to slap me, Adam Knight. And let me tell you, if Adam Knight ever slapped Sean Brown, he put him in the Sean Brown would put Adam Knight in the hospital. I say that with complete confidence. So that's my observation on local matches. What kind of observations did you have? 
Well, as far as the dark matches go, I thought it was pretty cookie-cutter stuff, pretty, you know, run-of-the-mill. As soon as I saw the matches, I, I had the same epiphany you had. I was like, oh, they're not getting a look here. This is just, they're just being enhancement talent, which is fine. I felt bad for Nicole Matthews. I felt like she should have... She got killed. She could have got... She should have had more. She's actually a ex- tremendously great wrestler and probably... I mean, Jade Cargill's got a very marketable look, but I, Nicole Matthews could probably wrestle circles around her in in the real world. Uh, I wish she'd have got a better look. As far as as far as the dark matches go, that just was yeah, like I just it didn't did nothing for me. I I didn't pop for anything. It did what it was supposed to do. Exactly what you said. It put over the uh, you know the established contracted talent. There's only one person I saw in a in a match underneath without a contract who may end up with a contract one day. That's Sebastian Wolf. Yeah. That's the only person I saw that they gave a look to, that they brought in Yeah, that may actually get a contract. The rest of them, they were just there to live in their dream. Good for them. And there Nothing were, there's lots of other guys that I, you know, that didn't get to go from what I've heard. So, you know, it there is. There was two guys in the building that did not wrestle for yeah. sure. Actually three, no, two for sure. Mentolo was on standby and so was Danny Duggan. Yeah. So that's good. Mentolo got booked. Uh, you know, I was worried that that didn't happen. I was happy to see that. Uh, what's your overall grade of the show? Overall grade of the show, I would give it probably a B. Really? Why B? Because um, Jared didn't go over, so you could have said, see, I'm in tune with their booking. No, no, it's, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I thought a B is good grade. Are you saying it's not a good grade? Well, I gave it higher than a B. You, would you give it B plus? No, uh, you give it an finish, A. Finish yours and okay. I'll tell you mine. Okay, so I gave it a B. Um, it was better than most of their shows. I thought it held together pretty well. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I like, I, I, I still think Der- Jarrett should have went over, but it is what it is. And um, as far as the rest of the show goes, I, I thought the main event was too, it was too inside baseball. It was too playing to everybody in the building and not really moving forward what they're establishing on TV that these guys hate each other. Yeah. It was too, we're friends and we're having a good time. Yeah. So that's what I, the problem I had with the main event. So yeah, I give it a B. Better than most of their shows, but still a B. Okay. Uh, if it wasn't for that last hour of Rampage, which was flat. Yeah. I'd give it an A. I'm not including Rampage. Oh, you got to include it all. Oh, well then I'll, I'll, the just, night, I'll stick with your, B. Okay. I'll stick with B. Yeah. So I would have given it an A plus if it wasn't for that, how flat the Rampage was. Uh, here's what I saw. At six o'clock on a Wednesday, that building was filling up. Yeah. By 6.15, that building's full. Winnipeg Jets don't even do that. Winnipeg Blue Bombers can't do that. Uh, so AEW was very hot and very high in demand. Um, I give it an A, not an A+, plus, not an A-. minus. I give it an A because they did everything right in Winnipeg to create the hype. And for the first time ever since 1986, Winnipeg is not just a WWE town. No. This they will be back. They charged a exorbitant fee for tickets and then dropped the ticket price two days before. To try to pump out a bunch of tickets, uh, so the people who bought early paid a premium, and that should never happen. No, people who buy early should get rewarded, not punished. Um, Tony Khan should never work a live mic. Uh, he's horrible at that. Sarah Stock was a nice touch. Tony Candela was a nice touch. So I give it an A. Uh, they got to figure out something with Rampage. Do not either... A four-hour show for a pay-per-view builds, 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 builds. This built to a climax and then at hour two, yeah. hour three, and then dies. Yeah. Please stay with us 
and just sit in your seat so it looks like there's people in the building. They must use artificial sound on Rampage. I don't watch enough Rampage to know. No, uh, they like the amount of people that were leaving right after it was over was just pretty much everybody. Like it was, yeah. it was a lot. So show started at six, ended at ten thirty. It's too long. Like I, I've got lots of friends uh, that were there, and all of them said we had to leave because we've got kids, all that sort of stuff. It was too late for the kids, you know. And yeah, it's a wet, it's a school night. Like a lot of people I know from out of town came. My buddy Travis, who listens to the show, big fan of the show came in from Morden. He's like, we had to leave because it's 10 o'clock on a Wednesday and I've got an hour and a half to drive to get home yet. So yeah. it's a bit too long. Uh, that That's all, that would be all I would critique on it rather. Yeah. So I give it an A and that's... Throw, throw Rampage and Brandon next time, next day or something. No, you can't. Brandon's not a strong enough market. You'd have to go, you'd have to go Fargo and, and trust that the international border isn't going to give you challenges. Regina. That's a five hour drive. It's a bit of a jaunt. It's a bit of a jaunt. But you got to get those trucks on the road and like you can do a five hour depends on how long it, they set that building up on Tuesday, not Wednesday. No, no. They, so yeah. they had a lot of trucks. And I also talked to a, a fair amount of people in, in the media about it, uh, media friends. And they didn't, I felt they didn't do enough media for this. I, no, that's not true. And well, it was confirmed by several industry experts. Great. That Tell me the true. industry expert. I'm not naming names okay. on a podcast okay. of private conversations. So there you go. Okay. But let me give you a balancing fact. I've heard that little whisper too. We, oh, they didn't do enough with media. They advertised the heck out of it before Christmas. They got the word out there. They got their tickets up to 5,000 before Christmas. They then finished their dynamite taping last Wednesday. They had callous work media on Friday last week. Jericho work media on Monday and Tuesday and Omega on Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, nothing be- between December and now though. They, the they, last week before the show, no, there should have been ads on. They paper, had ads running. Tons of ads. So true North rent. I don't think those people understand. Concert the, promoting people the in way. the industry. If you want to be respected as a booker with experience, you got to respect the people in the media with experience who have said this. They, okay, let me put it into perspective for your expert friends, because I'm going to go off here. He's using air quotes. Now, your expert friends are like, well, they could have done so much more. They drew 8,000. Now, uh, SmackDown drew 9,000. Raw, the established brand, drew 8 or 9,000. AEW drew the same. Why Why would True North and... And AEW continue to pump out a bunch of money on advertising when their strategy worked off the get-go. They had more tickets sold than they thought they had, than they thought they had needed to. I got to ask about that at the end, sorry. And they knew the week of they were going to put their three best draws in Winnipeg into the market to sell. They sold those tickets in Winnipeg without using Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Sting, Jim Ross, so much of their high-priced talent did not come to Winnipeg, and they still did 8,000. They didn't need to do I was going to ask that. 8K? Is that the final number? That's not an official number, but I, I know they mean, were over yeah. 7. Okay. And they had to have had a walk-up. So maybe it was 7,500. I'm rounding up. They didn't, like, anybody in the, in the industry says, oh, they should have done more. Great. You get to the law of diminishing returns, right? Everyone knew about it. There's a point in time where you actually don't need, you don't need more advertising. Your word of mouth is going to sell it the rest of the way. Let me tell you how much money uh, First Row spent on radio or newspaper to promote the signing. I believe it was zero. It was all done on social media. Yep. AEW had done a, a, fanta- a fantastic job on social media. Trade media. 
Local media, the people in local media always say, oh, the reason the Jets aren't drawing, they're not doing enough advertising. That's not true. Meanwhile, the Bombers know, they know already what games are going to do over 30,000. You think they're going to pump up the ad buy for games over 30,000? No, they don't have to. They, they've got a great team too, to be honest. The, yeah. the Bombers have got a great social media team. They've got a, everything in the organization is great. Yeah. And I don't say that because I'm around it. I say it because it's true, right? True North, they try to do the same thing, but... You know what I don't understand? So I'm, and I'm going off. I wanted to go to commercial break five okay, minutes ago, sure. but how, what time are we at? 31. Okay. So we went long. That's okay. So I saw old dominion come to town. Yeah. They advertised it hard, hard. They got to 5,000 Thomas Rhett two weeks before 9,500. It's just because old dominion could only do like the market was only four fifty five hundred for old dominion. Sometimes you get to a point where advertising it anymore. Isn't going to do anymore. The people who, who are going to buy the tickets know about it. What would the advertising have done? What could they have done more in media from your expert's point of view? Well, I, I didn't, didn't dig into it that much, but from my point of view, um, if they would have been on top of the advertising a little bit more because they were at 7,000 tickets four months ago. Because the frenzy was there they, for it. Exactly. But they could have, been, they could have advertised. They're happy to get that 7,500 tickets. And to your point, usually... Why are you happy with that? You've got four months leading up to the event. Why not go for 10? Okay, so why they didn't get the exact number WWE does? So the capacity for WWE was established last September and the TV before that. It's eight or 9,000 for right. WWE. I'll tell you the market that, that, that um, AEW couldn't quite crack. It's not their fault. In, in Winnipeg, when WWE comes here, there's people who drive from communities near Thompson. Northern indigenous communities, they drive it. Yeah. I didn't see it. They didn't drive in for this. No, not a ton. That's for sure. So that means the brand dominant WWE is still very popular in those communities and AEW is still a little too neat, too new. Yeah. That's 1500 people right there. Maybe 1200 people. You add that 1200 to the 75 and there's the 87. I think they knew they had like, there was a point in time where you can advertise and not get a response. They did the two for one deal after Christmas. Right. It did not pump up big sales because everyone who wanted their ticket had their ticket. The demand for the ticket was what it was. It was 75 or 8,000. The demand didn't push it to 10 like it. And I, I don't even think if they had brought sting to town that they could have pushed it up much higher. Jake Robertson. There was no one that I think that they left off the roster. Most people didn't know Sting wasn't coming. Well, that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people expected Sting. Like when I went up with with, <laughs> with, 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 with people, now they're like, "Oh, it's like this this girl and and her boyfriend who I went with, um, she she not a wrestling fan at all. Yeah, but she saw Sting on the side of the truck. She's like, "Oh my God, is Sting here?" Uh, you now remember a couple and of weeks I was ago, like, uh, no. The week after <laughs> Liam Phillips was here, you, me, and Weez were talking, and I said, "Is Sting going to come here?" Because I knew that routing was going to be an issue. Yeah. This is a guy that only wants to go three hours on a plane. Yeah, like he's flying out of Florida, Texas. California, probably. California. I don't know where, but... But it's not, yeah, it's not a wonderful flight it's got a, to Winnipeg. No, here's the thing what he probably wants. He wants first class, which I don't think WestJet offers. So, like, the direct flight from Los Angeles to Winnipeg doesn't appeal to him because it's not first class. Yeah. And he's going to want... He does not want tough travel. That's why Jim Ross didn't come. Right? Jim Ross had two plane changes and a nine and a half hour flight both ways. He just said that I'm too tired for that. Um, so that's probably why Sting didn't come. They didn't need Sting. No. They got to a point where they looked at the numbers and they were like, hmm, it's pretty good. 
I think they, for a first time in the market, I think they did everything right. Now they've, now they've set the bar where they can announce pay-per-view in November if that's what they're going to do. And they can get from Fargo and Regina, another 1,000 each market, and they can get to 10,000. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course wrestling collectibles galore as a loyal total b she show listener you can get 10 percent off your order using the code bees she's again the code is b-e-e-z-s-h-e-e-z one word and receive 10 percent off your order firstrow.ca canada's online collectible store I don't want to even talk about the fiasco of last week's main event, Manchi Trivia. The question left a little bit open to interpretation. The question last week was who was in the first ever WWE or F Iron Man match? And the answer was Bret Hart versus Ric Flair. The problem is <laughs> somebody told me that there was advertised Iron Man matches between the Rockers and the Rougeaus. Before that, mm. um, I don't know what the truth is, and I'm not going to look any further. That's Mecca's department. And yeah. he'll, but we're going to give out two prizes, one who got Bret Hart versus Ric Flair, and the other one who called us on that. So two different prizes are going out. Uh, Mecca will be making a feverish call to Dave Meltzer. <laughs> so, uh, yes, thanks to our friends at Main Event, Moff, uh, Main Event Munchies for uh, supplying us so that we can Double the prize. And I got to get pictures with Derek Lowen and Brad Sarna. Uncle Lee's D's said that she, uh, geez, wheeze could have his. So, uh, yeah. So the winners are going to get contacted directly. What do we got this week, Mike? This week's question. And I like this question. Um, let me just look for the trivia this week. Since geez, wheeze has no voice and can't do it. In keeping with our world champion comments and my pick, Hogan, from last week, he picked Hogan, and uh, you picked Bret Hart, and I picked Ric Flair. Right. In 1993, Hulk Hogan made his final WWF appearance here in Winnipeg in a tag team match. Him and Brutus Beefcake against Money, Inc., which was Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister. Who was the special Guest referee, and there's only going to be one answer for this yes, one. Yes, exactly. There was nobody else. The only hint you've got is he might have been a former world champion. He might have been. Ooh. I know he was, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who was the special guest referee to the 1993 main event house match between Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake against Money, Inc.? That was his final match in Winnipeg. He left the company about a month later, but he still did the European trip uh, later that summer. All right. So you want to answer those questions? Totalbeeshees at gmail.com, Instagram, totalbeeshees, and Facebook, totalbeeshees, Twitter as well. And hashtag main event munchies. Hashtag totalbeeshees too. Why not? Throw yes, that in there. Throw that in there. All right. There we go. So I want to talk about self promotion a little bit because we were talking about locals off the top and you kind of brought up a, a couple, couple points that I found interesting. 
One of the things, though, that kind of buzzed me was the lack of self-promotion locally we've got going on here. And one of the things, and you're going to love this and you're going to make fun of me, but, <laughs> but one of the guys who's done it and done it very well, and it's undeniable, is Danhausen. He was not a name before AEW. He was not known before AEW. He was known, though, from his YouTube, which is very successful. And that's, so he could sort of made his own way. Because there's, you know, besides the character, which is kind of fun, if you look at the guy... There's a lot of guys out there with that build. There's a lot of guys out there with that skill set. Like it's not it's not that he's a, a, absolutely special in the ring, but the whole package together makes something. And I it, the big part of it is the self promotion. And the only p- people I see in Winnipeg doing the YouTube self promotion is Rob Stardom, who's almost retired. And I believe there's another. Uh, you, do you know? Is there somebody else? I feel like I'm missing somebody else who's doing it well as well. Uh, doing it well. Yeah, maybe I might be mistaken. Tell me who, I, yeah. I don't know. But the only one who's doing it is Rob Stardom, who is admittedly towards the end of his career, and he's doing very well at it. Why are why is that tool not being used? Like, because it's free, it's easy to do. We've all got these recording devices in our pockets. Sure. So, technology changed the wrestling business a lot. I'm not saying anything. That's a thanks tips comment. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, you know, Twitter to a lesser degree, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, What's the other one? TikTok. TikTok. Uh, even Twitch, whatever. Everyone is using something to try to reach the masses. The problem, so I look at it like this. Right now in Winnipeg, there's this young crop of talent. Sam, Sammy Pepper, Sammy Davidson. Sam Davidson. Yeah. It's a shoot name, no relation. Uh, I thought it was a rib, but it's not. <laughs> um, James Roth. Chad Daniels, and first let me say about Chad Daniels, he recently got accepted to Jacques Rougeau's uh, TV show again yeah. this year for training. It's his second season, so that would make him a favorite, I think, to to make a splash. Um, they are using their social media effectively to promote dates, but a, none of them are exclusive. So it's it turns into clutter when you're always promoting, a, oh, I'm going to be wrestling here, I'm going to be wrestling here, I'm going to be wrestling here. If you could make it, and I, this is where they don't get it, if you made it where you were only saying, hey, I'm in Calgary this week, hey, I'm in Regina next week, hey, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota, which is tough because of the immigration issues, and I'm back in Winnipeg on this date, well, now your Winnipeg followers have to come on your Winnipeg date as opposed to this week I'm at this venue in Winnipeg, Next week, I'm at that venue in right. Winnipeg. Two weeks, three weeks from now, I'm going to this different venue in Winnipeg. It's law, it becomes redundant, and it, it gets turned off. Danny Duggan has done um, social media marketing as well as anybody, but also to the point of, to people who aren't wrestling fans, it becomes annoying, and they, and they, and they, they dis- disassociate. Yeah. Like, they just don't notice it. So there's a happy medium, right? I, I like what Rob Stardom's doing, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy for him, and he's trying to do it as a for-profit end of it. He, yeah. Yesterday, he posted that he needed 400 more hours to get to monetization. I hope he gets there. He was able to get the 1,000 subscribers. I think he's got 1,600. Well done, Rob. I have a problem doing that, so I really respect what he's able to do. I don't know. There's like, do uh, we do uh, at the same time, do we do it well? 
Well, we, we don't do any YouTube stuff. We don't like, well, we my, want my, somebody my, to come in and help us my, with that. My stuff is specifically about YouTube and Twitch. You brought up Twitch. That's another good one. Both those are extremely hot. Twitch, especially right now, Twitch is the new frontier. And this is not, I, thought, I think TikTok's bigger than Twitch. Twitch, Twitch is an t- entirely different thing. TikTok is a very short story form. Twitch is long, long form. So Twitch can go on for hours. It's a you're you're immersed. Isn't that a video gamer? Not anymore. Platform? There's okay. there's there's all kinds of there's talk shows. There's green screens. Like these are really slick productions. Yeah, and they look good, and they're a great way to connect with people. But you nailed it, and this is what I think. And and people are going to give me heat for this, but I think it's a lack of motivation. Mm. I think people are lazy because it is hard work. But there is something at the end of it. Twitch affiliation is not hard to get. Uh, you, the YouTube thing, that is hard to get, to get paid for YouTube, but it is attainable. So I think part of the problem is, is if you don't do it well, it looks hokey. You, and then you've heard me talk about that with independent promoters with You YouTube just got to start TV somewhere shows. though. Ah, the pro, so if you put out content that people are like, meh, they're always going to think the content is meh, right? It's like, if imagine if Yellowstone in the first season didn't actually shoot on a ranch. Well, yeah, that's the hard work part of it, Shot on a though. sound stage, it wouldn't be the magic it is. Yeah, that's the hard work of it, though. Like, I, I've wanted to do Twitch setup. I've got a friend who does Twitch, and, you know, it's very, very fun. He's awesome at it. I I don't understand Is it. he making money with it? I, he's not now. He was at one point. He shut down his Twitch, and now it's he's starting it back up again. But he was at one Why point. Why do people shut down something that's making money? It's hard. It is hard work, even for them. Yeah. It's, and it's another job, but, yeah. it, but it also is another vehicle. And that's just all I'm saying is the Twitch and the YouTube thing, they're hot. Danhausen, like I said, not a special but he is, performer. Okay, but in, in fairness, to get to the level that Danhausen and those guys get, they obviously have either a special talent aptitude or they're ahead of the game. And yeah. I'll tell you something. And you need that in wrestling. Let me though. tell you something. Our podcast consistently ranks top 50 in Canada, right? Right. Consistently for at least a day or two a week, it's hot. And once a week it's hot. That's what I would expect it to be. Now we came into it late. Yes. Yeah. I have a friend who made money in podcasting and he said, you know, if you'd been four years earlier, yeah, it's saturated now. You would the affiliate like the the amount of traffic we get, we would have monetized a lot more. So he's like, you're just, and it's going to take another year, another year. You're going to find little things that work. I don't like mo- most people who hear our content. I don't hear anyone say, "God, it's awful." No, and I and there's people who'd love to say to Mike Davidson, "You think you're all that, but you are freaking awful." Yeah, they don't say it right. So I'll hear that this week because they're going to think it's going to get to is at gmail.com. <laughs> you see this funny, I was with Liam last night at the, at the AEW show and he said, you're the only guy that enjoys hearing somebody say you, you suck yeah. or that you're out of touch. Like everyone thinks I'm mad that he said it. Hell no. I want people to say, I don't, I'm not relevant or I don't get it because it challenges me to say, wait a second, I don't get it. And then make my point and then say, maybe you don't get it. You and I have the same arguments. Yeah, absolutely. You, you push, you push on things, and it's like I look for the one thing you get wrong, and I jump on it. Yeah. Now you turned it around last week with FD. Oh, FTR is not leaving AEW. Guess what? When I said he was like, they were likely to leave. It's when Vince was out. Well, so see, when the, the landscape the, changes, this, this is the knock on you. <laughs> Let's hear the I, knock. I tell because I get, I, I get, get a big smile as you start that I, sentence. I, he and he did legitimately. He got a. It was ear to ear. This is the knock that I've heard, and I, I don't ever bring it up because I, it's just noise, right? I don't listen to criticism from amateurs. Yeah, and neither neither do you. But the, the knock is on you is that you say something one week, and then when it's not right, 
as the weeks go on, you you take a, a little piece of what you said and you twist it. That's a little the Dave bit. Meltzer argument. You you twist so, it just a touch each okay. week. Yeah, Let's you know stop. what I'm talking about. So I went out there and said CM Punk did not fight with them. I stayed. I I stick to that to this day. I had a I had a avid listener say he talks to Mister and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> That's Kenny's parents. Okay, <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Smith. Like geez, he sees them at the grocery store where he works, and he asked them. And they said, yeah, Kenny was in the doghouse for a little bit after that. So it has to be true, except it could be a work. Sure. Right? It's an angle. And so I stick to that. I stick to wrestlers shouldn't work their merch table. And I've heard fans say, you don't get it. It's a great experience. Okay, here's what I believe. Before the show, the wrestlers shouldn't work the merch table. After the show, they should come out and greet you as you're leaving. Not before, after. Same effect for the the kids, but it's better I think it's a better overall. So, so that that criticism, the Dave Meltzer criticism, as you call it, I want somebody to come and make ex- very specific examples, because here's there are times where you look back on episodes, and I was right. Sting's not coming. I I didn't think Sting was coming to Winnipeg. One thing I never do is I never ever say like one thing that I noticed in a chat on Facebook. You said Jeff Jarrett's getting the title, and I said, uh, "What makes you think that?" I don't ever state emphatically unless I really passionately believe it. But if it's predicting something, you'll never hear. I'll say, I could see them do that. Maybe they're going to do this. And that way I'm not, I don't have to own it, right? That I don't know what they're going to do in the end, right? Like I, I think Cody winning the WWE title would be a disaster. Sure. Because you're going to give them the, the payoff to the chase and you have no heel right beneath Roman to chase Cody right after he wins. So I, a group, to be fair, a group chat's a little bit differently than absolutely. putting it on a, on a podcast. That's why I didn't yeah. jump on you because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't make you own it. So I couldn't say, ha ha, ha right? See, and, and you said interesting, by the way, you thought my, well, because I, I, I asked you chat. to justify it and then, and, and, and I yeah. did well, by the way. Um, Mecca and I get into this, right? When sure. Mecca said Vince is never going to be back and then he was going to be back. But I had said before that Vince was likely kind of like, I thought Vince was going to come back. So do I, the thing is in, in a span of an hour, we don't do a format. I don't predict what I'm going to say. I don't plan it. And one of my coworkers at the Bombers says, said, he listens to the podcast. He said, you know, you, uh, you go into character when you do the podcast. I said, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is who I am, but the microphone's on and how I deliver it is, is what it is. But for an hour straight, I'm going to say things that are controversial and sometimes dead wrong. Yeah. Well, how does he know that the guy he sees at the Bombers is not the character and this is you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to act normal yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is character for me. Yeah, it's it, what do they call it? Method acting. Um, <laughs> so when I'm wrong, though, I love it when somebody says, "Hey, you're wrong." Okay, great. You know that means you listen close enough to catch it. I love that. But the guys who say, "Oh, I'll never own when I'm wrong," ask me about WFX. I'll tell you every mistake I made. Ask me about AWE. I'll tell you every mistake I made. I own it. But you guys didn't even try, so you didn't even make a mistake. And and you you nailed it right there. That's exactly why I don't listen to the criticism because people who don't try love to levy criticism. <laughs> people who don't put put their butts yeah. in, in the wind love to levy criticism. What I love about this podcast is when when Jeez Weeze and I talk about it, and he says, "Oh, this person definitely listens." I said, "No, I don't think they do." He's like, "Well, they knew this, and they could only know that if they heard about the podcast." Yeah. Right. So it's like, hmm, maybe there's closet listeners who don't want to give us the satisfaction. I'll tell you what the way the traffic has been lately. 
there's a lot more people listening. There is. It, it's it's doubled since before Christmas, and or almost more than doubled actually, and I like that. So it, it keeps up. All right. Well, Do you but, have anything else you want to hit? Yeah. Before? The last thing I'm going to say: local content creators. I worry they're going to do it bad and hurt their own brand because they, they'll half-ass it. You know who the, the best local is to his character, the one who's most loyal to his character? It's Mentolo. Yeah. So, but rather than Mentolo do his own social media, I'd rather see him collaborate with a really good... See, that's what I want here for Bishis. I want a really good content creator to come in and say, okay, I'm going to come in and take over your, your YouTube and I'm going to, we're going to work together and explode it. Because I don't have the time. Well, that's the thing. Neither of us have the time for it. This is a, a lot of work to begin with. Yeah. But I, I still think at the local level, those guys, a lot of those guys, and you you know the guys I'm talking about. They don't have a lot going on career-wise, and I'm not talking about the wrestling career, even their outside of wrestling career. I just think there's no excuse not to get better at something. That's yeah. all. They could get better at it. They could make some money, maybe make some money. But forget about that. Forget about the monetization think about the promotion possibilities. I have only gotten, that's all I say. I, I have say only gotten good at creating an own, my own skill in my own life once or twice. One of it was getting good at investing. Yeah. And that took a, like every day I was studying YouTube and reading yep. and reading message boards about, okay, this stock is hot because of this. We were about this. We, we were getting into that yeah. about the same time. And and it worked for me. Yeah. Like me I, too. my dividend portfolio is, it's exciting. It's every month it grows and every, yeah. so that's good. But you know, like when I read up on content creation and, and blogging and all of that, it took me forever to decide to do a podcast because I didn't understand yeah. how do you leverage, how do you leverage it? How, I don't want to, I don't want to be an Amway salesman and say to, Hey, my aunt Linda, Hey, I know you're not going to understand the content. You're not going to like wrestling, but it'll be good for me to have an extra listener. Yeah. Could you please listen? I'm, that's not me. Right. I, and that's why I try, I listen to every listener. This is where the content creation can be tricky. I listen to every listener of the show when they send in a tweet, a message, I correspond with them. I, I, I try to get a vibe, a pulse for what, when they don't like something, why don't you like something? Yes. When somebody says, Hey, the show got better when Mecca got there. Why do you think that? Oh, the, the banter got better. Great. He's going to be around quite a bit. When somebody said to me, Interviews are good, but I can get the interviews on YouTube of all those people. That's because I was going to go to Marty Janetti, Larry Zabisco. Da, 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 na- I could have I could have littered this podcast with a name every week, but it was like they were like, we can find that that there's nothing you know. And and in fairness to Mike Davidson, he's not as good as James, who does Dutch Mantel's podcast, who does Shane Douglas's shoot interviews. I'm not that good. Now, Mecca could be that good, yeah, right? So we'd have to figure out how we we're going to do it. But what we are good at is talking about the Winnipeg wrestling scene, whether the locals want to admit it or not, is healthier since we started talking about it. I'm not You're saying right. that we did anything, but people who are fans who are listening going, man, Davidson's wrong, or man, producer Chris is wrong, they still listen and then go. But there are people who've been like, I haven't been to the local show forever. I'll listen to Mike's podcast. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, I went to a show because. Yeah. So we're doing the same thing they're doing. We're promoting, we're putting a light on it, and that's a good thing. Now I want to go to Mary Brown's mailbag. All right. You said it. It is time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. 
who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. We don't have Mecca here this week to tell us all about his adventures at Mary Brown's, the chicken sandwiches he's he's ate, all the people he's talked to while he's there. uh, We'll have to get an update from him. I almost want to call him right now and just be like, tell us about your Mary Brown's experience this week. Big Mary Mondays. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Big Mary Mondays. That's where you should go. Coincidentally, when the Total Bishi show drops. Is that a coincidence or did we design it that way so you could have your Big Mary and listen to the Total B She Show. All right, questions. How do they get it through to us? Oh, they get it through to us on Facebook, Total B She's, on Instagram, Total B She's, Total B She's at gmail.com, Twitter, to- at Total B She's, using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag. And again, throw in that hashtag, Total B She's. Question number one, coming on Twitter from Neil, using the hashtag, you've said the local wrestling scene is currently on fire. When do you think, Mike, that it's going to plateau? Well, I've got a simple answer on that, actually. I think about this all the time as I look into my microphone and stop reading a question we might have missed. Um, it's going to plateau after WrestleMania, and it's it coincides with summer and spring. Yeah. So you, I've always, I used to always tell Jeff Dick when he was going to write a business plan for a wrestling company, Plan to launch in fall, October, November. You're going to have two tough houses those months, but you're going to cash in with big business January, February, March, and into April because it's the rumble to uh, to WrestleMania season and fans are more engaged in wrestling. It's like the playoffs of, of football. So right now, that just co- coincidentally is right happening right now. And all the companies are doing real good. The business is hotter than it's been. Danny's doing very good in Saskatchewan. So does Ringside in Saskatchewan. Houses have doubled since Dave Cote asked us what's going on in Saskatchewan. Um, Shout out to Dave Cote. Always shout out to Dave Cote. So what we're seeing right now is a hotter trend than normal, but it's also the trend that usually lets up in April and May. Houses dip through the summer. September is a tough month, October, November. Danny does rumble to remember every November for a reason because he tries to have a good October, November, then take Christmas is tough, come back hot in January for his anniversary. So that's the trend locally is you're going to have... So it's kind of the Vern Gagne model of well, the two, two months off in the summer, although they don't take, generally don't take the time off in the summer. Yeah, but. it's it's hard in the summer to draw. Um, one thing I'll tell you is the next WWE date is Monday Night Raw. Yes. And I've heard it's coming in August. The same guy who told me about SmackDown coming... Back in 2009, uh, 2022, it's the same guy who told me, first tipped me off that AEW was coming. He has now told me Monday Night Raw is coming in August. You've so. got some reliable stooges. Well, and I've been I've been pulling out a lot of a lot of uh, gossip. Obviously, I knew Sting wasn't coming yep. before it was known. Billy Gunn, we knew, had turned down coming to Winnipeg. Jim Ross said it on his podcast, and, and we we hear a lot of things here. Next question. All right. From Curtis asking on Instagram, what would it take for Impact Wrestling, NWA, Major League Wrestling, Ring of Honor to get a major television deal um, for any of them? That's a, 
that's a question that's I'll, I'll leave that one to you but it's a, that's a multi-part question because ring of honor would have maybe more stroke than no they wouldn't just because they got a billionaire owner he yep. treats it as a yes. sex nope yes just because they've got nope, money. nope 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 you know why he treats that as the second brand so what tv network wants the guy who's going to try the second hardest fox affiliates yeah but that's on national tv deal that's syndicated you need better than that. But I think, well, no, I, I don't know. I think syndication's a good vehicle. Honestly, I don't know how... It's not cr- being used. I did it in 2010. It's not as good as you think. So in the case of what Curtis is asking, I assume he means a national deal, hopefully. I don't know. I could be wrong. But um, if he's saying just get on TV... Yeah, I just said major, but yeah, we'll go with national. If he's saying just on TV, then major league and impact are already there. But they don't have a strong enough penetration that their ratings matter. You're never going to see them say, "Hey, we had a hundred thousand people listen or watch last Thursday," no. because by comparison, it's one ninth of what All Elite gets, and it's because they're the strength of their network. How could they position to be stronger? I have heard from enough people at Impact that I talk to; they all say the same thing. If it hadn't been for Tony Khan and AEW, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho were coming to us. They all believe it. And and it, they, there they? is truth to it. Is it okay? Well, what the truth to that is is that when Leonard Asper hired Callis and Demore, uh-huh. there we go. Um, Jericho had a meeting with Leonard Asper to make the pitch to Asper. If you hire Callis, I will look at Impact. So they hired Callis, and then the then there was all kinds of. This was in 2018 because five years I think Demore has been on the job. Yeah, six years that Asper's owned it. Um, they were all really like excited but then around that time cody in the box and and kenny were going to do that show at madison square yeah and that really wet the appetite of the billionaire tony khan and that changed everything because he there was no salary structure with him yeah he's disrupted the salary structure in the wrestling business hugely but created the revenues to balance it so he might be losing money but revenues in wrestling are higher than ever Okay, so is that for the better or the worse? I'm just taking a question. I don't like off of I don't like the escalated salaries. I don't personally, either, but because if one if that if you lose a TV deal, that bottoms out real fast. WCW escalated salaries, and there was a lot of guys that barely survived. Yeah, it's shutting down. Like you think about Mark Bagwell, you think about Lex Luger, you think about the casualties. Scott Steiner was smart with his mm-hmm. money, and Scott Steiner could go on the independent scene and get two, three, four thousand a night. Rick Steiner retired from the business, became a realtor. Um, there's a lot of people who got the hell out of the business right after. Okay. So that, I've got another question. I'm asking a question now in Mary Brown's mailbag. Okay. Do you think, I th- still didn't ask the first question. Do you, do you think wrestlers should, who get signed to a big AEW or WWE deal should have to go through financial literacy courses the same no. way NFL players do now? No, they should hire a money manager and they should put away 20% of what they make 25%. So they either when they retire, they have it or they have the rainy day slush. Yeah. I think it when, should, I think it should be both when they have honest. to sponsor a career change that should, it shouldn't be, I don't expect wrestlers to learn about their own money. I think that they should have a money manager who just ma- manages it for them. Back to the question of national TV. I once thought that NWA, when they launched NWA power, they were the one that they were doing it different. I agree. And I thought they were perfect for the Saturday night slot. That's six o'clock that now Warner brothers is going to be giving uh, AEW and they're going to bomb it. Cause they don't, they only value two hours of TV dynamite. And then the rest yep. is work. They get excited. They're oh, let's write the Wednesday show. 
They're going to bomb this Saturday night show. They're going to bomb the Ring of Honor brand because that's why Ring of Honor doesn't deserve a national TV deal because it's Tony wants to write it all. You can't write... You know how hard it is to write one hour of TV a week? Try writing nine. Yeah, that's insane. So here's what I will say. Recently promoted to president of Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore, is... Head and shoulders, the best wrestling executive, not under contract to WWE. He is smarter than Tony Khan. He does it with a shoestring budget. They have the best talent on a shoestring budget out there. He is currently, back when Bischoff ran WCW and Vince ran WWE, WWF in the in the Attitude Era, Paul Heyman. That is the clo- Scott Demore is the closest thing to Paul Heyman right now. What it's going to take for them to get national TV is they just have to get lucky and get hot. Their business is going, growing up. It's been a very positive cycle for them. They just need the one act that gets hot. I liked a, a segment they did a couple of weeks ago where Matt Cordona was being sang about by by his yeah. opponent. I loved it. It was one of the best segments I'd seen. And he's money. Yeah, their new, J- like their new Japan uh, impact show that's coming up any day now is going to be good, but then in, right away after that, New Japan pivots and they do Forbidden Door. So... They've got, they got to just keep sticking with what works. I think they've, I think they've got it. Last November when they lost a bunch of talent, Chelsea Green and a few other Mm -hmm. people, it seemed like they were limping. Then they got Kashida. They got, um, they got a few people to replace it. They got Kazarian. They got, they got, they got it figured out. They're doing pretty good. All right. And the third question from Chantel asking it on Facebook. She asks, who is your guy's favorite female wrestler of all time? No. Uh, not the best of all time, your favorite of all time. So uh, I guess I would exclude somebody like Sunny because she wasn't really a wrestler. She was a manager. Nor would I have said her. But. For, for me, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm throwing out framework because that's how you do it. Um, I would go with, personally, I liked Sherry Martel. Yep. That would be mine. That's an obvious pick, though. Uh, less obvious pick would probably be... No, I'm going to stick with Sherry Martel. I'm not even going to do a secondary pick. Do you have anybody off the top of your head? Yeah, I always have someone off the top of my head. Um, I liked Medusa. Yeah. But I didn't like her as Alondra Blaze. No, me neither. But I liked her as Medusa Michelli in AWA, and I liked her as Medusa at certain points in her WCW run. Um, But that's not my pick. (laughs) Oh, come on. I I never like owning a pick like this because there's so much criteria. Um... Just go with Medusa. No, because I liked people more than Medusa. Trish Stratus. That would have been probably my uh, second. I liked Trish. I liked Sarah Stock. I liked Gail Kim. Um, Angelina Love I liked to a certain degree. Velvet Sky I liked. There's so many for so many different reasons. Like, I w- I, Yeah, I'd go with Trish Stratus. Probably is my second, maybe... Throw See, I also lead, lead, lead I, in there somewhere. I also could have said Sherry Martell and stuck with that. Yeah, um, it's just the problem with women's wrestling. For a long time, the Booker just forgot about it. Okay, Sherry's champ. Okay, we're not going to think about that for a little while. And then now, it's like, oh, it's a division all on onto itself. And many people I talk to are like, I don't like women's wrestling. Right, Sasha Banks. Yeah, uh, which one's the one in New Japan now? Hurt Sasha Banks. Yeah. So she Mercedes money or money there. I like her. Yeah. Currently, I like her a lot. Um, Even though I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) her name. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but the, I, the lapsed female fan. Yeah, well, I'm a lapsed fan on everything. The, the reason I picked Sherry, just a little bit of framework here, is because I felt like she's probably the most complete yeah. performer of anybody in the past, you know, 50 years. My overall choice is going to be unpopular Tessa Blanchard because she's a true heel. I like Tessa Blanchard a lot. She's, there's stuff about her, but whatever. If all, she's great. If All Elite is definitely committed to doing Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman as a new four horseman, Tessa Blanchard as the leader in a robe. Oh my God, that would be killer. And them being kind of underneath her, like she's yeah. the leader and they're beneath her. I think there's something there. All right, there you go. There's Mary something Miles else Mary I, Mary. something else, sorry to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. There was a question I missed in the mailbag oh, that I want to bring up. Exciting. Uh, Mr. Beautiful asked, what was the best non-wrestler performance I've seen outside of Logan Paul? And then he said, locally, are there any? And I have one. He one. was a Winnipeg Sun reporter named Deadline Doug Lunny. And Vance Nevada convinced him to come and do an angle um, for P for TRCW in 2001. And he looked like a million dollars. And he took it so seriously. He was the perfect guest star locally, Deadline Doug Lunny. Look it up. I was going to say Troy Westwood. No, no, Troy didn't do it as good as Doug. Um that's just my opinion. 2001, he did it. We brought him back in 2002 because he was willing to do one angle a year. We brought him back for a feature at the ballpark show. And Doug was, he is, he fit in. He took it serious. He was fantastic. So locally, I would say Doug Lenny. Troy Westwood was good, but he was already retired. He'd been on the radio. He drew a house, but I, I just never got the vibe that it was, yeah. I thought he did well. I thought he looked like a million bucks when he did it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Doug looked like a zillion. Oh, I believe you. That. I believe you. Yeah. So those would be the two locally. Then uh, on a national scale, Lawrence Taylor. And I mentioned that to Mr. Beautiful. And he said, well, Bam Bam Bigelow carried him. I said, doesn't matter. I've seen so many of those go way off. Yeah. You can't, you can only, even the best ring general can only carry so much. Yeah. And so big, uh, Lawrence Taylor nationally. And Doug Lunny locally. There you have it. Another week of the Total B Show in the can. Before you go, check oh. out CWE Online. Uh, check out Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Check out Primo's Wrestling. Check out Winnipeg Pro. They're sold out. But still check them out. Even check out 3D Pro Wrestling and that ringless deathmatch garbage Ugh. show. You buy a ticket. Support your local. Do it in Saskatchewan, Alberta, B.C., North Dakota, anywhere that you listen to this, check out your local independent show. Tell us, send us a picture. Richard Brown has been sending us pictures from the shows he goes to. Dave Cote has been doing it. I try to put it up on social media as much as I can. That's how we know how they're drawing when I can see it with my own eyes. Thank you to all the fans that buy tickets, go to the shows, and show us what they see. That allows us to talk about it like we know what we're doing. And then I don't seem so out of touch. Now do I? And with that, Glenn goes and let's take it home. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most 
is Carrie delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I'd like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? 